Okay, hey, guys. everybody, look at me. Uh, it's 185 degrees as we are recording this. Uh, we've all had to turn our air conditioning off, so it's going to be like an episode of Squid Game to see <laughs> if we can make it through the podcast. Wait, do you not hear my, do my you have air conditioning? I do. Oh, I don't. I don't actually hear it. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That All is right. interesting. That's how the this fan game's... is on too. Woo. Oh, that's how this game's gonna go. Yeah. Okay, looks like uh, contestant number one, Jason Friday, has an advantage. <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> uh, all right, this uh, is perhaps episode 98 of the "Cause I Have to" podcast. When living your dream is the only option. This week, <laughs> we head deep into the sea where sharks live. <laughs> And dolphins try to be as cool as sharks. Uh, we are going to bring you uh, Christina McGoldrick. Did I say that right? McGoldrick? You did. Okay. You did. Uh, she is a public relations. Uh, I want to come up with something fancy. A public relations master queen, but also a surfer. And her passions lie in the ocean with the sharks. I do. I wish we should play that. All right, Christina. Yeah. She's coming up next. Welcome to the Cause I Have To podcast. When living your dream is the only option. Welcome to season two. We are your hosts. I'm Jason Friday. I'm Julie Slater. This podcast is about facing your fears, digging deep inside yourself, and following your passions. We hope to give you a push to live your dreams. Now let's get back to it. And we're back. <laughs> that was so long. Did you know, this is a little side note, did you know that the guy from the Bell Brigade, Bell Brigade, is the grandson of John Williams, the great composer? I don't know who the first person is. Oh, he's <laughs> okay, a guy in an indie band. And I was just like, wow, he's the grandson of John Williams, who is a uh, famous composer, did the Jaws soundtrack, also Star Wars, uh, things yeah. like that. Which, which band? Bell Brigade. That's what they're called? It's a brother-sister duo, and then he, I guess he has some solo. Deleted. Wait, so is the sister John Williams' granddaughter? I guess so. They're related. Talk about having a head start. Jeez. Yeah, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, head did you start. want to did you They're want to already the ahead when industry? they're born. Who? Who's your family? Oh, John Williams. is oh, Papa. <laughs> Papa. RCA wants to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> Papa. I don't know why it's an RCA. Are they even still around? We are taking quite a sidetrack. Uh, let's get back to the program, everybody. All right. Born and raised in Los Angeles, Christina lives two lives. On land, she's a public re relations director working for a high-powered agency with constant deadlines. But on weekends, she's at sea. She's pursuing Ooh. what she loves most, surfing, solitude, and the chance to disconnect in nature. Christina McGoldrick, please take the stage. Thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here and talk about pursuing your passions. It's funny because I feel like I only do it half the time. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love my land life too. 
<laughs> I love that you have a land life and I, life at sea. Yeah, really. Right. It literally is two lives. That's cool. I often think about, I was, I was out surfing with a friend this weekend. And sometimes when I have a particularly like stressful week, I think about stepping into the ocean, like stepping into a portal. I'm like, well, that's behind me. And I go into my new world now and it works. <laughs> You are a mermaid. Does it? That's rad. She's totally a mermaid. Have you yeah, watched? Did you know I've never seen The Little Mermaid? <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. I Okay. So we started it like earlier this year and then we just weren't into it because probably we were like 12 drinks in and well, it was like 2, 2 a.m. I fell asleep. No, I'm kidding, but it was 2 a.m. It was late. Yeah. It wasn't you know, 2 a.m. It was 11. <laughs> if you don't have time to commit to the movie, Hamburger Mary's has a drag brunch on Sundays and there is a drop dead aerial doppelganger she will just it's basically you can watch the whole movie in just one show it's like three minutes oh that's no funny. way that's amazing yeah. you know what i love about hamburger berries i haven't been there in about 10 years or longer but they had a hamburger with mac and cheese on it do they still have it if the menu is still like pictures and really hard to read is that what the menu no, you saw i don't remember yeah no idea yeah. There's no, it would take a lot of effort to change that menu. Just like if you were in the graphic design of it to move something, <laughs> you would completely mess up the rest of the so it's menu. It's probably still available. Yeah. That's funny. Gotta be. Okay. So would you say then your truest passion is surfing and how did that all come about? When was the first time you dipped that foot in the water? Oh man, this is a long story. So like born and raised in California or Los Angeles, I have always wanted to surf for as long as I can remember. Um, we grew up like going camping, going to the ocean. My mom was a really big beach person and I would always see the surfers out in the water. And I was like, God, that's so cool. But the barrier to entry 20 years ago was so much higher. Like you had to know someone who surfed or like had a dad or a mom who surfed. And from there, like you wouldn't know what spots to go to or what you were even remotely doing. It's just so much easier to get into it now. Um, but I, got my first board for my dad when I was 15. He found it at a garage sale. My dad owns body shops and he painted it in his paint paint shop at his body shop. Like he had his like pinstriper pinstripe it. I think oh he repaired God. like the, the board had like dings. I swear to God, he would fix him with Bondo because the board was like 20 pounds. Like it that's was, hilarious. It was great. But like I was a teenager and I was afraid of being embarrassed at literally doing anything. I was afraid to like walk alone on campus, let alone like look like an idiot in the ocean where people could see me. So I would go out like on like, random spots on random days and I had no idea what I was doing. And I very quickly got discouraged. Greg just laughed in the background. I don't I think he was laughing at me, but I'm not Your sure. Your husband, Greg, who's in Rival Tides, drummer. <laughs> Who was on episode whatever it was. Oh, yes, he's also a uh, vinyl fanatic. <laughs> he is, he is. Um, but no, I think he's doing something else, but, um, I would go out on random weekends and I got discouraged and I never progressed. And it's definitely something you have to stick to if you want to get any better on it, better at it, particularly as an adult. So yeah. I kind of put, I kind of forgot about it. I, you know, I got a, a job at the grocery store. So like my hours were, I was working at the grocery store or going to high school and then going to college and working through college. And so I just never had time for it. And then I turned like I was getting close to turning 30 and I realized I was living in Santa Monica and I hadn't like been to the beach in two years at the same oh time. Like, what was going yeah. on? Yeah, I know. <laughs> at the same time, I was feeling like, you know, if you go after like a career goal for a long time, it can really keep you motivated. And I'm like a nose to the grindstone person where 
I don't look up until I've like been going for 10,000 miles. And then you have to look up and be like, am I actually where I want to be? And so I kind of had this moment where I was like, man, like I don't have any hobbies. I don't really do anything that like makes me like happy, like outside of work. So I was like, maybe I'm not trying to go surfing again, but I like set rules for myself. I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, you're going to commit to it. And you're going to give yourself yourself the space to really suck. But as long as you still like it, just keep doing it. Just keep going. And like it, that was it. That was like the the click I needed in my brain. I think it comes with age. But so I officially started surfing on August, 2017. So I just passed like my five year anniversary. That's very cute. And it's been great. Like, um, I kind of describe it as like when I'm driving back from going to the beach or whatever. And I think everyone else can kind of relate to this feeling. Like if you spend a day on the water doing something you love, like I would be driving home and I could like feel space between my fingers. Like I wasn't so like clenchy stressed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's no, just, there's no air. <laughs> there's no air. Yeah. And that's it. And I've been going, doing it ever since. And it's the, it's the best thing I ever did. Wow. That's you surf, yeah, that, how often how often do you surf regularly and is it year round do you have to take certain months off because it's too cold or something in the water no i mean it's california it doesn't get that cold also you know it's like julie you're from michigan you know like you just, just dress for the weather so like you have like you know a three two for like spring i have four three like four millimeter suit for winter and you just it gets easy but i used to surf Five, like five days a week. So every Saturday, Sunday, and maybe a couple hour, a couple days during the week before work. It's too hard now with the way my current job is. Like I'm too relaxed when I'm done. Oh <laughs> and I gosh. need like uh, I need to like be ready to like go. You're so, too relaxed after surfing. <laughs> so basically you gotta go work and then go surf and then you're in bed by seven. But you have to surf early in the morning. Oh, is, that, is that the only the best time because of the waves? Yeah, here in California, we have like um, our wind doesn't work for afternoon surfs, at least the places that I go to. So we have like the morning, there's not a lot of wind, or if we do, it's offshore because like I'm forgetting this rule and I'm going to kick myself for it. But it's all based on like whatever is warmer, the ocean or the land, it sucks the air out. So that's what creates like the onshore wind and the offshore wind. So that's why in the afternoon, you get like the marine layer coming in and in the morning, it's the opposite. So the wind is blowing out over the ocean and that creates much better conditions. So in short, the conditions are just better in the morning. So I go in the morning. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been looking into wind with paddle boarding oh. and it does look like it would be, you know, we would like more calm and it does look like the early morning is calm, but we're not really early morning risers. It's oh. difficult. So we like to go in the afternoon oh. and sometimes oh. like 11, although the other day it wasn't too bad. 11 mile per hour winds can sometimes be bad when you have a long distance to paddle against. Yeah. It's hard. I like a wind.willyweather.com tends to be a very reliable resource. (laughs) Oh my God. Wind.willyweather. That's very funny. (laughs) That depresses me. (laughs) Why does it depress you? No, because that, that name, I just, I can't handle it. Do you want me to start calling you Willy weather? Yeah. Hey, hey Willie Weather, how's it hanging? <laughs> a little to the left. Uh, yeah, short, shriveled, and always to the left. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, the wind. I will say so. Yeah, like you were saying in the, uh, the marina in the morning, it's glass smooth. Yeah. 
And when it's not, it's you're like, oh, okay, well, I could just see the ripples and that's excessive. Are you saying that in the winter it will be calm in the afternoon? Yeah. Uh, No, not necessarily. In the winter, it's just you have different conditions like that offshore wind that you have in the morning will sometimes be much stronger. So which is nice because it grooms up like the face of the wave, which is great. But it all kind of just depends. Like also whenever we get like during fire season, we get those sundowner winds. That's almost always an offshore. So like that creates nice conditions, but also usually a fire at the same time, which is not great. Isn't it beautiful, guys? (laughs) The mountains are burning down. Yeah, living in uh, California is a little rough. (laughs) Even last night, there was a fire in Castaic near where we were. And you feel bad because for a second you're like, oh, it smells like a nice little campfire. Oh, no, actually, that's a terrible fire. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find like the months after a fire, the campfire smell doesn't really make you feel good anymore? It kind of takes a minute to wear off. Yeah, no. When I was living in Tahunga area, it's like, you know, Angeles Crest. So when those fires were going on, that was like, what, 15 years ago? I literally, it was in the middle of summer. So it's 110 degrees. I'm boiling in my pile of shiitake one bedroom apartment with the ac on and it's sucking in all the smoke air and i'm like dying yeah ash i've been sitting outside with ash just falling on your head it's terrible oh yeah yeah that was when it was like crazy ash yeah but i mean you know it's it like you said it the smell (laughs) does not leave for some time and you don't feel well either (laughs) oh like ah What's that? Oh, it's just a campfire. Whew, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Triggers uh, the. <laughs> okay, what about uh, the fear of sharks? I love sharks and have a shark tattoo, but I still get in the water and I'm like, mm, are they coming after me? Have you I... had close sightings? Yeah. So, yes, they don't freak me out. I will say, like, my first um, surf lesson, the first thing the coach did, which like ripped the band aid off, we're all like, brand new me and all these like 15 year olds just roll and I was 30 like rolling out into the beach and the coach just goes Da-dun. oh my and I was like <laughs> how dare you and he's like it's like nothing to worry about so it's like any kind of big exposure like flying when you have a fear of flying just doing it more and off you don't have any fear yeah. anymore so yeah I see them um there's a spot in in LA um called Sunset Point it's like where Sunset the sunset boulevard hits pch runs into yeah there for the gladstones there's juvenile great whites that like breach out of the water all the time but they're just kids it, it, technically that makes sense they're kids playing they're kids playing. i was gonna say they're i think feel like they're worse <laughs> you know what yeah because they don't know what they're doing you know what uh, yeah. when they always try to make you feel better i mean if a shark does bite you he it's just confused. He thought you were yeah. something else. He just oh, thought you were a little seal. That's it. I feel better now. <laughs> no, I mean, ultimately, it's like a numbers game. So there has yeah. been a time where I went out with a friend and that happened and we were alone. And then that was like, eh, you know, we're going to go in. But if it's me and like 200 of my closest friends, like it doesn't bother me. But I will say there are places I would never surf because of sharks. And one would have to be like Jeffrey's Bay. J Bay in like South Africa, where like there's a really famous video of a surfer who I'm I'm gonna forget his name. It starts with an M. Mark Mick. 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 Um, it's gonna embarrass me when I listen to this later. Uh, but he <laughs> there's a video of him 
I'm still trying to think of it, literally being attacked by a shark and he's hitting it on the nose to like, there's a big shark population there. Another is Cape Cod because Cape Cod has brought back their seal population. They have a massive like great white population and it's one of the most common spots to be like bitten by a shark. So yeah, they'll bite you and let you go. But if they get like one of your arteries, like that's it. You're done. Peace. Arteries. Are you then a dolphin fan? Oh yeah. Yeah. How could you not be? Because I love sharks. Dolphins oh. always get all the claims. You go into a little <laughs> stupid souvenir shop. It's all these dolphins. What about the sharks? Nobody That's leaves stupid. a nobody leaves a figurine of a shark there for you. If you go to Cape Cod, they do. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they're the best. They're happy. Like they're always like a good. So you think, yeah. So <laughs> until they're not. Yeah. Yeah, no, they say them. watch the quiet ones. <laughs> yeah, right. The dolphins, That's dolphins true. coming to get you. Oh, oh let's get into uh, something I learned talking to you about surfing is the competitiveness and the misogynist behavior of surfers oh. and how it is to be a woman surfing. I can't believe what you put up with and that you continue to do it. Has anything changed? I am really glad you asked this question because I have been thinking about this a lot lately, mostly because like when I first started surfing, I was like, guys are the worst. They're so mean. They're just like territorial. They don't care. I've gotten gotten a little bit of perspective. And I think it came from like two things, like one surfing the same spot over and over, you build like a little community and the guys that used to like really scare me (laughs) are now like my really close friends. So I think like, I probably was rolling up at a spot I didn't go to very often and was like blaming it on them versus like having a little bit of self-awareness. But I will say there are definitely a certain kind of shortboard surfer, typically dudes, but also like longboarders are also pretty bad too. Like some of like the early twenties guys who roll up, like they are so hot and it's like, oh my, oh my God. God, we're all just here to meditate. I don't care if like your cameraman on the shore gets shots of you. Like, can we just coexist? Which is also a thing, which is the influencer culture is wild. Yeah, okay. right. But um, there are some like people typically who will show up at a spot when it's really like, when there's actually a swell and those guys really bum me out because they're just really entitled and will go for everything and have no regard for the community that's around them in the water. But I watched a movie for my birthday. For my birthday weekend, I went up north to Carpinteria with a couple of my girlfriends for like a surf trip. And we watched this movie called Girls Don't Surf. And it gave me so much perspective. I highly recommend it. I think you have to rent it on Amazon, but it's all about the women who are surfing like the sixties and seventies, like Jericho Poplar and people like that. And the shit they had to go through and how they weren't paid to compete and we're get like if there's a three-day swell window they're given the worst days and like that still happens to women surfers in the competitive circuit like the guys always get the best day the best waves and that still happens we still make less money like always but what they had to go through in this like 60s 70s and especially the 80s that kind of like misogyny and toxicity is nothing to what I deal with today. So I always try to temper it that way. Like, yeah, there are definitely guys out there that are really aggro and annoy me. But I, I after seeing what those ladies went through, it's like, oh, I kind of can't complain. I just have to kind of keep the positive attitude to set a good example. So you don't raise like the right. aggro level. 
Do they have yeah. to bring like that kind of energy off off this uh, water? Like, do they when you get to land, are they still like no bumping somebody? No, that's so no. F- that's yeah. so stupid. That makes me so mad. I just want to punch them right now. You hear that, surfers? I want to punch <laughs> you with love. Sorry, it just it, it like you talking totally brought me back to the skating days and basically in the nineties is when I really was heavy duty into it. Same shit though. Yeah. Just like, you know what, guys? Fuck I hate you because yeah. you're not even like being a human. You're being some jackass with an ego. And I don't yeah. care for that. So yeah, yeah, I do feel you. Maybe that's why I'm a little touchy on that. <laughs> it sucks. I had a really good, I went on a surf trip recently with um, two incredible women surfers. And one of them set a really good example that I'm trying to rem- hang on to when I came back to crowded California. And like, she paddles out. She's nice to everyone. And like, if a good wave comes, she looks at the person next to her and she goes, go if you want it. And like that first act of like, hey, you go and then I'll go. Like I try to bring that with me, but ultimately the bigger problem is it's so, like I mentioned earlier, like it was so hard to get into surfing before. And now it is so easy. All you need to do is run to Costco, buy a wave storm, head to your closest beach and like have no clue what you're doing. And that is the element that's especially built since COVID there's been explosion of surfing since COVID because people had the time you have all these people in the water that have never had a lesson don't know haven't tried to educate themselves on the etiquette and are either unsafe or just oblivious like that is what ratchets up like the it doesn't make it a good time (laughs) when you're out there it kind of reminds me of like if someone walks up to a poker table that's like experienced players and they don't have don't know how to play and they're like screwing up the whole game yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i would be that person <laughs> funny oh my god yeah were you gonna say something jason i cut you off no i just keep thinking about the skating days you know like you're talking about professional women surfers you know how many professional women skaters there were one Alyssa steamer that's it and to be fair all the guys joked about her because she wasn't even like a pretty looking girl she actually did look like a guy because she was one of the guys but it's it's just it's just taking me back now and i'm like no i get that forget that it's such an unacceptable thing that i can't handle it like oh they're getting paid less oh they're they were of course they were getting you know shit on by all the dudes because that's just how it was that's how civilization and you know the human race was the bummer thing is about it too. I remember Alyssa Steamer because she was in the Tony Hawk game, right? Yeah. The only girl. Yeah, no, for real, man. There, seriously, she, uh, dude, I've seen a hundred skate videos. I've never seen another girl ever in my life. Not wow. once. Yeah. She's incredible. It, it yeah. reminds me of like, you know, when you talk about like she was one of the guys and she wasn't, didn't look like your stereotypical person. Like when we talk about what's happening with influencer culture and surfing right now, you know, I was chatting with my coaches about this on my last trip. And it's, it's a bummer because like, there are so many incredible young surfers out there who are, who just don't have like the resources or don't know a photographer and don't get the exposure or maybe don't have like, don't look like page two of a reef ad from a surf magazine from back in the day, which was just like the butt basically is the entire ad. They don't right. look like that. So they don't get the, if they don't get the contracts from the brands who are investing all these money, all this money in marketing for influencers. And these 
kids that could be benefiting from sponsorships aren't getting that money. And it's, it's a bummer. Like it's really a bummer when you show up at a spot and there's someone that you idolize and look up to and this person comes out, catches three waves and leaves because she's got a photographer on shore and she's just there to capture content. And it's like, I mean, I'm kind of okay because now it's not crowded anymore, but. But also right. like, where where's the passion in that? You're just doing it f- again. You're not doing it for the love and the trueness behind it. You're but doing she's, it for, yeah. she's what? She is really good. I will say no, that. I, I, really I'm sure she is. Yeah, no, I'm sure she is. I believe it. I don't even know anything <laughs> about surfer influencers. Well, if you, Are you a, like, uh, what's that? Just like a couple photos from like uh, the, oh gosh, like go to like the Billabong account or like Google, just like surf pic or search on Instagram, surf pics, like a couple, and it will just populate in your feed. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, wherever you're a fan, I was a big fan of Laird Hamilton. Oh yeah. And I watched a lot of the big wave movies. He's impressive. He's really impressive. Like he reminds me of like a, a Kelly Slater because like, these guys treat their bodies like science experiments and machines. Like the way yeah. they train, like the way Laird is, trains is is nuts. Well, isn't he the one that also says like alcohol is poison? <laughs> yeah, I read an interview with him where it said that he gave alcohol up for Pellegrino in like the eighties and hasn't looked back since. Kelly Slater doesn't <laughs> drink either, too. I think there's this like legendary story where he had like a two day hangover and was like never again. Like never, um, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, weirdos. like, <laughs> you guys are weird. Um, That's funny. So uh, tell us about you just came back from a surf trip in Costa Rica. How was that? Yeah. Was it the first time in Costa Rica or no? It's my first time in Costa Rica. It blew my mind. 10 out of 10. I recommend like I it, it was incredible. A lot of the places we went were not crowded and we had like a nice, gentle swell that was really great. Which was helpful because it's a left. The places we went to are all left-hand point breaks. Everything in California is all right-hand point breaks. So I'm oh, wow. goofy at home, and I was front side over there. So I'm trying to connect what I learned. <laughs> oh my like, gosh, that's working. crazy! That is crazy. What? It was like I tr- I truly can't like recommend it enough. You know, like I've been to some other places in Mexico and South America, and often you deal with a lot of like plastic pollution, which is just a result of like not their fault but it's just has accumulated but costa rica like the locals the ticos like are really incredible stewards for the environment like i saw like zero plastic pollution like if you go to the coast there's all these signs that like pack out your trash like we're not going to clean it up for you so it was like pristine beautiful our last day I was walking on this beach this black sand beach saw like volcanic sand and i could hear a howler monkeys in the jungle so like, and you, and there's like no traffic noise. There's no airplane noise. There's nothing. And then you get out into the water, you could dunk your head under and you could hear whales. Oh my, oh my God. In LA, when you dunk your head, you hear sirens <laughs> and gunshots. I was going to say, yeah. When you dunk your head, you hear pollution. You go under the water, <laughs> put your hands up. How are you? How are you robbing me in the ocean? Just put your hands up. I like Jason's thought of you hear pollution. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you go in the water, yeah, you taste toxins and you hear the pollution. <laughs> it was there was we went to Costa Rica and this is the rainy season and there was an incredible thunderstorm that was like rocking the foundation of the house you're staying at. And I was like, well, now we can't go tomorrow. And they were like, what? I was like, well, you can't go in the water after it rains. And they're like, 
this isn't LA. Like, <laughs> is that because of pollution, the rain that you can't go in that? That's so interesting. Because we paved over our river, or Mulholland paved over, paved over our river. So that's why, like, every time it rains, it's just sluice into the ocean of like, oh, right. that's why, like, if you see like a manhole cover, it's like, I go to the ocean. It's because it does. Like, because right. it does. Right. Now, would you say uh, in the marina you have to worry about that or no? Because you're not really div- dicking. Oh my! I just said, did I say dicking? <laughs> you're not, you're not, not digging really your dicking body yourself. into the water. Yeah. Like, do we have to worry about how gross the water is when we're paddleboarding? What do you want me to say? Oh, you're gonna say yes. You do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't fall in. Well, I mean, I've I like fallen to put in four my, times. I like it's to disgusting. put my feet in. Is that disgusting? The marina you guys go to is close to Bologna Creek, which is like one of the watersheds. So that's where. If it hasn't rained, you're you should be fine. Marinas also tend to be sometimes kind of icky. People like let out their outboard. You know what I mean? So yeah. But you mean just, their, their butt pollution? Yeah. <laughs> so so just, when you go underwater near that, I'll tell you what. Interesting. If you see foam, like oh yeah, back away. <laughs> just stay away from the foam. <laughs> yeah. We so we have much. seen it I'm when we were walking so around, and there was a bunch of bubbles, and you're just kind of like. So that's, that's someone emptying normal. their pooper on their boat? I believe I believe someone's wow. butt made those bubbles. Yeah, I was going to wow. say they they emptied something. <laughs> All right. You can wow. fact check me. I heard this from someone who's a sailor and I just trusted him. So Huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so when are we going to Costa Rica? <laughs> yeah, the okay. Next Let's go. Let's um, go. Uh, I would like to um before we get to another segment, I would like to talk about your pie making. Uh, you surf, but you're also a pie. Ma- would you call it a pie stress? Pie stress. Oh, ooh, I, I like this pie stress thing. <laughs> pie stress. Uh, during the pandemic, it looks like you turned to pies and you yeah. did some things for a good cause. Please tell us about it. Yeah, I. This is funny. I've always kind of been not always. I guess like in high school, I started being the pie person for my family. So it was always my mom. My mom is the consummate baker. She can make candy. She can make cakes. She made my wedding cake. She can oh, make. No. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Oh my God. My favorite story is we made it her job. She's going to kill me if she listens to this. But- <laughs> <laughs> mom, just skip around uh, 25 minutes. Thanks. <laughs> if she listens, she's going to already know what I'm going to say. She made our cake, which is amazing. And then yeah. I made it her job, which she will deny, to take the, t- you know, you're supposed to take the top tier after you get married. You save it for a year, you eat it. Yep. We oh, were going yeah. on a mini moon to Seattle, which we love. And she was supposed to take the top tier and freeze it for me because I had too much to do. Yeah. I kind of knew she didn't do it. And I caught her in a trap. Oh my God. So I was, I was like, mom. You got that that uh that top tier thing from the rest of the hotel, right? She's like, I told you to get it. I was like, I need you to go get it. We're gonna get on this flight. You live like a half hour from the venue. I'm sure it's still in the fridge. Please just go get it for me. Okay. I was like, she's not gonna do it. So like a month later, I was like, I'm gonna come pick up uh the top tier for our pie or a cake that you made. And she was like, okay. So I drove up to get it and she handed it to me in a box and I lifted the top up and there wasn't a ring on the top from where a cake topper would have been. And I was like, did you just make this? And she was like, oh, I, I, uh, so she did, she remade it and lied about it. And it was even the wrong flavor. It was supposed to be 
funfetti on the top for me red velvet on the bottom for greg and she remade the top as red velvet and i was like you messed up <laughs> that is so funny oh, my oh mom mom but yes wow, wow. she's gonna kill me no, so tell um, us about your uh yeah what kind uh, you made pies and what you gave the money to charity like people were buying pies from you yeah thank you for getting me back on track yeah so <laughs> during the during the pandemic i it was mostly what was happening with like george floyd and i was feeling really like hopeless and helpless and just like the state of the world everything going on at that time was really dark and scary i was working in travel pr which was also really dark and scary and like every like, shit with trump and everything else and i just needed an outlet like I like to turn anxiety into action. I feel like it helps me deal with it. And so a couple of bakers in LA were doing this, like they were giving away pies for charity. And one of them made like a key lime. And I was like, oh, that sounds like really good. So I went home and I made a key lime. I posted it to my Instagram and people like freaked out. And they're like, I want one. And I was like, could I like replicate what that person did myself and just like give myself something to do? So I made a key lime pie and I, I the directions I gave were like, comment what you'd pay for this and I'll randomly pick a winner and people like misunderstood my direction because I probably wasn't clear and people were trying to outbid each other so like it was like Spencer our friend Spencer bid like 97 dollars for a key lime pie and I was like all right I'm gonna do a couple more <laughs> so, oh my god and it spiraled from there so I made like key lime pies and, and I bought a cooler from Target I put ice in it and I drove them around LA on a weekend I did it like in June I did it for a fourth of July I did like a lemon meringue for the July. And then for a the holidays, I did a round of like six more. And by the end of 2020, I'd raised $500 for like Fun Texas Choice, Reclaim the Block, Black Lives Matter, and the LA Regional Food Kitchen. So it was great. And I did it again this past Thanksgiving, again, for reproductive rights because of the situation that we're in right now. And uh, yeah, it's something I, I really enjoy, so, but also makes it a bummer with my family. I I have to make them pies too. And now I don't want to anymore. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. When we first tried your key lime pie, it was like those mini, uh, oh, yeah, those uh, oh, yeah. I should those say good. those personal sizes. Yeah. Holy shit. That I'm never like, I want a key lime pie over anything. No, that's, you know, nobody says that. I mean, you Spencer. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. He does. He, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the way that you made it, you did make that one uh, chocolate. Uh, yeah, what was, was it again? It raspberry or? Oh, it was, it was raspberries and uh, chocolate. Uh, ganache. Ganache. Okay. It's like yeah, what was, was it? Was it chocolate? Yeah. Chocolate? Chocolate? Kukaluka? It was for the World Series when I, I again I needed something to do, so I made it for you guys. Who, I just I like my dad like how he builds cars like I just want to make it and I want to give someone else the joy of being able to eat it that's, that's it. very sweet I mean that's do it. you ever eat it I don't snack <laughs> when I'm making it <laughs> it's hard to You're snack like, okay. on a pie because yeah. it's like a whole piece yeah. you can't just like oh let me Where, eat some of this so thanks so much why why is there a, a slice missing <laughs> it seems like a section oh. missing what happened? well I had to test it uh duh yeah. Uh, no, the key lime pie, though, that's yeah. you're nuts with that. Okay, guys, uh, it's time to go to our next uh, section, which no! is it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it's where we ask you five quick questions to get to know you even better. Are you ready, Christina? I'm ready. Okay, uh, question number one Name a dream spot you haven't been to that you would love to surf. Why is this so hard? Dun, 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 dun. 
I would honestly say the spot I just went to, but if I had to pick a new one, I would love to surf in Bali or Indonesia. They also have a lot of really great lefts, or there's a place in Morocco called Imswan. This is a really long left. Um, probably one of those two. Nice. Okay, uh, question number two. This is a tough one. Favorite surf movie? <laughs> Point Break, hands down. Oh, okay. interesting. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have seen it. Just checking. Uh, question number three. You can only choose one of these for the rest of your life. <laughs> Pie, mm. chocolate, mm. puppies. Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Contest. Question number four. Question number four. <laughs> what music or artist gives gives you the same vibe or happiness as surfing? Oh, um, I listen to a lot of Mad Caddies before I surf, but I like them a lot. They're like my favorite pre-surf band to listen to. They're also our first dance song at our wedding. I was going to oh, say. I'm not sure dances. I know them. Mad Caddies? Yeah. Yeah. Where are they from? They're, LA? They're, uh... They're from Golita. Uh, oh, Golita. Golita, Golita, not the best about to be a Florida. Go ahead. That sounds terrible. Uh, Can't wait to No, they're so, it. come on. Is it so surf good. music or? It's kind of like, upbeat? it's like reggae, ska kind of vibe. Oh, wait, no. There's a little like Ray Ray on the it. screen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't take her out before this. I know, she's like, ugh. Uh, okay, uh, as we move forward, uh, question number five, our final question, Christina. What has surfing taught you about life? Uh. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because if you saw her face, she's like... <laughs> it is spooky. It is spooky how often the stuff I deal with on water exactly mimics what I'm dealing with on land. It's like spooky. Like being present is gotta be the, has gotta be the biggest thing. Being present because it's it's funny, like when you surf on a really good day, it's almost like a little bit melancholy because you know like the conditions have to line up so perfectly. And like the next day it may, it will not be the same. So you could think like own, you could have this like, if you're a person with like anxiety, like I am, you're like trying to anticipate what's next, right? And you're like, I'm never going to, oh, it's not going to do this again. It's not going to do this again. Like, wait, I have to sit here and I have to be present. I have to be grateful for what's right in front of me. That's like the number one thing. The other thing is it's really taught me a lot about sustainability and protecting the planet because when you're surrounded by the ocean, you can't help but look at all this stuff right in the face. So it's really kind of like increased my interest in like really staying away from single use plastics and things like that. But staying present and protecting the planet have to be like, the top two things for sure nice i mean those are incredible things so <laughs> if you said anything else i'd be disappointed no i'm just <laughs> kidding <laughs> no i mean that's incredible of course it makes sense too that's awesome nice all right guys uh we are going to wrap up this fantastic episode of because i have to podcast thank you christina for being our guest surf on milady we'll be joining you soon and our paddle boards will be like hey girl what up hey with me. come with me let's go do we have to go so early <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe we'll stay up all night do we have to set our alarm at four <laughs> have you um, ever surfed at night because that seems like that would be amazing and frightening 
there are so I'm blind I'm like legally blind my contacts like negative 4.5 like I can't see I wouldn't be able to see the screen in front of me but yes I've gone I've done it on accident when I go out after work and I stay out too long and then but if there's a full moon there are a lot of people especially in Malibu that will go under a full moon because you can actually see what's happening in front of you oh Oh, yeah so bright right I'm too blind I'm just too that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's that sounds amazing okie dokie uh well thank you for being on the pod um i love it's always great seeing your stories and and you talking about surfing and just really that you've connected with something you love so much and that's what we love to hear about here on the pod it's so great and i love you guys and so happy to chat and i love what you're doing with this i think it's really important to remind people to connect with stuff that's just that actually makes like their heart sing so important yeah it sure is all right thank you thanks bye 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 (laughs) i love you (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the after pod where we talk about our guests after they leave the room i have to say uh, i know you have your air on but i survived i survived it's warm for sure i have a tiny fan going but um that was Christina McGoldrick, a surf lover, high stress, and publicist, public relations she is a, director, I should say. That could be different. She is a beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she also. We should call fellow, her Christina, aka Lopez. Uh, I know that's what you call her. Um, we yeah. both share the love of pink hair as well. That's right. Pink yeah, I've always hair. loved talking to her. I'm actually surprised that she's only been surfing for so long. It's weird. I guess I, you know, I never really asked her so many. The one thing that sort of drove me away from surfing is that people always talk about the second, and I should have totally asked her this, the second you hit the water surfing, that it changes your entire life. And I took a surf lesson and I was like, nah. (laughs) So then I never did it again, but it seemed really hard. I do really prefer paddleboarding i don't know that i want to do i mean it's very competitive out in the water and people sometimes you know you get out in the water and you're supposed to sort of go in a courtesy line but some people jump other people and it seems insane and i can't believe like i was shocked when she told me all that i was just like oh my gosh i thought you could just go out there and calmly surf and it's not the case it's so it's kind of weird but um she's also so dedicated like she gets up at four five in the morning to go surfing and uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm down with the early hours that's why paddleboarding might be the answer yeah. but I'm a little turned off by um, the conditions of our marina I know well that's I mean you know what are you gonna do it's unfortunately people do that stuff and it sucks yeah um, yeah I wish I surfed I know we talked about it on a previous episode and I've never stood on a surfboard ever not once uh. in my life I mean, it is a huge thing. You you learn first on the sand. You have to be laying down on your stomach and then you have to jump up. Now, and then, so you practice on the sand. Right. You get out in the water and you catch a wave and it's it's hilarious. It's like, it's like being laying down on a a skateboard and it's like, okay, you're going down that hill. Now jump up. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah no it totally is but it's really neat to see i think i saw some of her videos from costa rica i love watching when someone's like they're walking on the board i wonder there's so many questions i probably still had to ask her like (laughs) like, what's that called when you do like a little walk 
I don't know. Truffle shuffle? No, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. No. It's from the Goonies. And I don't know. Do you just do that as a trick or you do it because you need to? You need to rebalance the board? because. No, I think it is like a a showy, tricky thing. Yeah. Because there's some, you know, the guys or even the girls too. She she shoots, shoots. she um, posts a lot of uh, these girls that she surfs with where they're literally just balancing on the tip of the board. And I'm like, how does that work? What? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It takes a big dedication and um, it seems like a lot of surfers are very healthy, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny though, she makes a lot of pies, but doesn't eat them all. That's not a problem. <laughs> we like to make bread and pizza and then we And eat, eat it, it too. <laughs> we have to start just giving it away. Please yeah. take our pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I know. She's like, I snack on it. And I'm like, oh, no, so do we. We just, but we snack as in eating half Yeah, of it. she snacks on like, oh, here's a raspberry. It's so tasty. <laughs> We're like, oh, I'm going to snack on four slices of that. Um, anyway, that is Christina McGoldrick. And she is a dream. She she really is one of the sweetest, kindest people we know. Yeah, and, really. And uh, really great to have her on talking about something that she loves so much. I mean, you can see it. In her, uh, hear it in her voice, see it in her eyes. You know, it's something yeah, she's really passion. connected to, and and like she even said, she's got some anxiety, and it's something that finding something that releases stress and anxiety is finding something that you do for yourself, something yeah. that creates a meditative feeling uh, is really the answer. So right, that's yep. pretty cool. Huh? All right, guys, uh, this is a wrap of episode 98. Two more to go to 100. I don't even know what we're going to do on that one. But uh, we'd be here. We're out here. We'd be here. We are. And uh, till next time. Okay. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast. Find us on Instagram at Cuz I Have To podcast. Tell your friends about the pod and share an episode on your socials. We'd love to hear from you too. Email us at Cuz I Have To podcast at gmail.com. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to. Till next time.